Hi, my name is Rachel Perry. I am a 48 years old, grey-haired curve model. I'm going to be your host for Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career aged 46 modelling, and over on social media I found so many amazing, inspiring women over 40 who are really embracing midlife and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down the stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought it would be fun to share them with you. So welcome to episode 10 of Out of the Bubble with this week's guest, super stylish, Nikki Hamilton-Jones. Nikki is the founder of NHJ Style, celebrity stylist, and lots will also remember her from being the presenter on 10 Years Younger. And I'm not going to lie, Nikki, when I was getting dressed this morning, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to be in front of a stylist. (laughs) Do you find it hard to switch off from being in the stylist mode when you meet people or really I guess I don't I don't analyze people's outfits unless they ask me to because that's work yeah if someone says oh what do you think of this and I'm then I'm all over it but yeah. at the rest of the time I just kind of switch off and I'm just pleased to see people yeah you know, it's not about being critical or analyzing it's just about enjoying people's company no well I'm going to take a photograph of you for the podcast because Nikki has got the most <laughs> colorful gorgeous outfit on um, that I will share with everybody uh, so you were originally trained as a dietitian yeah so how did you get from being a dietitian to stylist yeah, long, long, winding road. Um, I should say that when I was studying to be a dietitian, because my father decided that was a really great career to have because you could be self-employed and you could um, work for a company. So you had options. I always thought it was important to do something where you could be self-employed and employed. Mm-hmm. And you know, the whole nutrition industry was very new and exciting at that time. But in my third year, it was a really tough degree, I had this complete meltdown and I just... I remember phoning my parents going, what am I doing? This is not what I want to do. I want to be in fashion. And my dad was like, hold it just there for one moment. This is your calling. You keep focused and you finish. And so I just kind of, you know, pulled me right. And I carried on down the nutrition road, qualified as, did my, got my BSc, then went to med school, did my honours, set up my own private practice. Um, <clears throat> but when I set up my own private practice, I just kind of felt, oh, I, I just hate being in a room on my own I just found it really isolating because you're just waiting for people to come in mm. and you talk to them and I just found I was having the same conversation with people all the time mm. and no one really wanted to make the changes to their lives and all these changes take a long time you know you've got someone who needs to lose a lot of weight it's not an instant quick fix yeah it's it's a year-long process yeah. and a lot of people actually are told they have to go and see the dietitian because they have to lose weight because of their health issues but really aren't committed to doing it mm. and I just found a bit I found that a bit soul-destroying after a year of private practice so I then thought oh you know what I love is business let me go to business school so I went to did an MBA um, and then you know went off on a path of being a management consultant for many years and you know completely nowhere near fashion and it was when I came up was coming up to my 30th birthday I got made redundant out of the blue and um, I just had this you know epiphany of like what am I doing like I just love fashion I just want mm. to work in fashion but by this point I'm now 30 so I didn't want to go all the way back working on a fashion magazine and unpacking a fashion cupboard yeah. and just kind of working my way up because I already was too old for that so I thought well what can I do and my friends had always said oh you know you're so good at giving us ideas on what to wear why didn't you you know be a image consultant or something and I was like well I'm not really I'm not sure an image consultant is kind of me um and, and then someone said, oh, you know, I've just seen someone who's a personal shopper or a celebrity stylist, like you could do that. 
I was like, yeah, you know, I could do that. And the great thing about styling is that unlike nutrition, it is that instant fix, you know, so no matter how bad someone's yeah. feeling about themselves, I can in one day completely transform them, make them feel different, irrespective of their size and shape. So mm-hmm. it just gives you that real transformation boost to someone's life, whether they're ready for it or not, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I then lit- stopped, you know, came out of management consultancy and then decided to go for it and just set up my own business as a stylist. And at that point, the whole concept of personal stylist, this is like 2001, no one even knew what that was. You know, mm. there was the image consultant. That was it, really. Um, personal shoppers weren't even really yeah. a big thing. Yeah. And I remember people saying, like, well, why would people pay you money to take them shopping? Like, what, why, why would they do that? You know, and then, obviously... It's it, taken off It's now. taken <laughs> off. I know the whole world as a personal yeah. stylist will call themselves that. But, you know, I've been doing it for God, a long time. Yeah. It's still a brave thing to do in your 30s to completely change. Have you always been quite a brave, confident person? As a teenager, were you like that? Yeah, I, I, as a, I think my father was always a very strong influence in my life, hence the nutrition. But I think he always told us to go for gold, go for world domination, to, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. And so I grew up with this real strong force inside me that was like, mm. I can be anything. I can be hugely successful and take over the world. And, I, you know, so when I was turning 30, I was like, oh, I'm turning 30 and I haven't taken over the world yet. I'm not mm. businesswoman of the year yet. How am I going to do this? I need to have my own business. It was always about being having your own business. And obviously by that point, you know, I'd been a nutritionist. I'd been a management consultant. So going into the corporate world, I knew the corporate world didn't actually fit for me. Because mm. whenever I was in a corporate job, I, would just, I just couldn't cope with all the regulations and the rules. Yeah. And I, did, I just never, I'm not an employable corporate person. So, you know, being self-employed was the only option. And I loved the fact that you could make it as big or as small as you wanted it to be. Mm. Um, and yeah, at that point, it's that now I look back and I go, something so great about being in your 20s and your 30s where you really feel like you can take and conquer the world. Now, obviously, you know, in wait, nearly in my 50s, two kids down the line, mm. I'm not so interested in world domination. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. actually, who wants to take over the world? That's just way too exhausting. <laughs> but then you just fired up with so much energy and enthusiasm mm. and uh, belief in yourself. And uh, yeah, I just... You see, it's interesting though because I I wasn't like that. So I think you know there's not not always that that's the, not always case? the case. No, that people in the twenties and thirties have that confidence, and some people find it later on in life. Whereas you've always seemed to have had it. Yeah, well, I think that maybe I had it a lot then, and then I lost it a bit, um, sort of late thirties, early forties, and now I'm kind of finding it again. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I just. I've always had this burning, you know, I wanted to be like Richard Branson, you know, mm. and just create a brand and the brand could be transferable to all these things. Mm. And you know, I had all these big ideas, but obviously I haven't really kind of achieved all of that, but you know, it's oh. good to have those ideas. Is, yeah. Yeah. Cause of course you've <laughs> Aim done. high and then get somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And what about when you were younger in fashion as a teenager, were you always kind always. of experimenting? I mean, you know, growing up in South Africa, we didn't have the fashion like we have in England, obviously, right. in London. So, you know, mm. it was very watered down. But even so, I was always, you know, really into the latest, you know, look, looking through magazines, saving up for a great pair of shoes. You know, I made all my, a lot of my own clothes. Mm. So my mum taught me how to sew. And so I'd often create these creations. But honestly, some of them just looked like dressing gowns. <laughs> <laughs> Brown check coat, which I thought was really super cool. And I go, oh my God, I can't believe I actually went out in that. You know, I was a hair model, so I always had different hairstyles, different colours, and I just loved, I loved fashion. I loved mm. expressing myself with, um, with fashion. Um, had I grown up in London, you know, I 
well, it would have been even wilder probably mm. because you would have had so much more yeah. creativity at your disposal. Yeah. But um, it's interesting because that was obviously inside you at a young age and then you discovered it later on in life and then just, just run Yeah, it. it just was. And I wouldn't say I'm not a hardcore fashionista though. I've never, you know, I'm not someone who, you know, follows trends to the to the end and creates crazy outfits. I wouldn't say I was like the classic fashion student. I'm mm. not over the top like that. Mm. But I've always loved, um, I've always loved clothes. I've always loved fashion. I love, it's just such a, such a uplifting art form really. Yeah. There's nothing sad or bad about it. It's just fun. And mm. I know it's all about sustainability at the moment. We're not supposed to be buying anything or doing yeah. anything, but it's, hard. it's, it's hard really hard because it makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, it, it just always puts a smile on yeah. your face, a nice outfit makes you feel good. And when people feel good, the world's a better place. Mm. So once you'd set up the business and it was started to get successful, then 10 years younger comes up. How did that? Completely random. So, um, well, I'd set up, well, like when I started, I was like, right, I'm going to have my own styling business. But obviously it was really hard in the beginning and mm. very quickly realized, oh, okay, so I can't really support myself doing this 100%. So then I got a job part-time in PR, um, beauty and fashion PR, just to bring in the income, pay the bills while I was setting myself up on the side. And um, weirdly, while I, and then while I was doing this, kind of it was all around... Um, 2001 and then there was lots of companies going under you know all of that a lot of redundancies and so the press were interested in stories about people who'd be made redundant and turned their lives around set up their own businesses okay yeah so that if uh, all of a sudden started doing all these articles around redundancy and mm. that kind of stuff and um, through that I got tv people picking me up going oh she looks really interesting I like her let's interview her mm. and I kept getting random tv people just contacting me going oh you know we've got we did this pilot for the show, you know, you seem interesting, let's, you know, chat to you and nothing, nothing ever came of anything, right? Mm. And then one day I remember sitting, I was staying with, I was renting a place somewhere else in Clapham and just having one of those bad days, you know, when you just go, you know, what am I doing? Like, mm. really? Like, seriously? Who am I kidding? I'm never going to really make any serious money and ugh, nothing's ever happening and I just feel like I'm hitting my head against a brick wall and... I think I phoned a friend and had a complete whinge about my, you know, woe me day. And while I was doing that, this email comes through into my inbox going, hi, Nikki, we found your website on the internet. Um, you know, we've got this new show that's just been commissioned called 10 Years Younger. And, you know, we just thought your background sounded really interesting because you're a stylist and you've got a nutrition background. And da, da, da. Would you be interested in coming for a screen test? And, I was, and when I read that and I saw commissioned, I was like, yeah, that's mine. I just knew that was mine. Mm. We're done. This is it. Um, so it was completely and utterly random. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I really do believe that when you do something you love and you're passionate about something and you follow your dream, that sends energy out to yeah, the universe and good things so. come. Yeah. You know, so I didn't ever yeah. have any intention to be on TV. Although when I was made redundant, I do remember leaving dropping my laptop off at IT and going, watch the space, I'll be famous one day. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever, bye. Um, not really thinking about how that was going to happen. And then, yeah, and then I got this random email coming for a screen test for 10 years younger. And how did that feel, suddenly being in the public eye? Did you completely enjoy it or did it come with things that you weren't happy about? Yeah, you know what, it's, no one prepares you for it. Yeah. You know, it just, you get, oh, yay, I'm going to be on a TV programme, mm. this is so exciting, you know, you're just like, da da and then I remember going out and feeling, oh, this is so brilliant, this is going to change my life. And just was so unprepared for how I was never, ever going to be 
just a normal person ever again in my mm. life, you know, and it just, you know, I always maintain having been through that, that if you can be rich and anonymous <laughs> because there's just something so precious about just being a normal person and being able to do what you want to do, go where you want to go and not have to have people in your face. And this was almost, this was before really Instagram or Twitter yeah. or, you know, and yeah. even so, you know, I got off lucky in that perspective, mm. but, um, even then, I would have people, you know, sitting on the train, people with their camera phones out, just taking photos of you, you yeah. know, you're just trying to mind your own business, or I remember once being in home base, trying to find some paint or something, and girls come, oh, that's the girl of 10 years, and some people would be really rude about you, you know, they wouldn't, even, wouldn't be exactly go, hi, some people come up and they go, oh, I love you, your show's amazing, it's so yeah. inspiring, and you're like, yeah, great, you know, thanks, and other people just be really nasty, you know, I had one woman, I remember when I was shooting, and she just came up and go, awful person in the whole wide world I don't know how you can ever live with yourself you know just really and you know and as I always maintain we we never remember the good feedback we get we only ever remember the bad feedback so really on the scale of in my life of feedback I probably you know less than one percent has probably been bad and the rest has all been good but I can tell you those bad ones word for word exactly what they said and when they said them um and the good ones just go oh that's nice that's nice that's nice you know you don't you just brush it off and carry on and do your job so so yeah, I found it. I found it really hard. And when I watch, when I watch things like X Factor, oh, I just, I just feel sick for those young yeah. kids because I tell you, you have no idea. And it's just yeah. so tough, you know, when you throw yourself out into the world and everyone thinks they own you and they've got mm. an opinion about you. And so, how did you cope? What were your coping kind of strategies? Did you have any? Yeah. Well, I guess I think how I coped was I didn't get caught up in the whole celebrity world at all. Mm. I just tried to really maintain um, authenticity in terms of who I was. And I didn't just put myself out to anything or everything. Um, and I just kept my really tight circle of friends, you mm. know, so, and I've still got those tight circle of friends. Mm. So all of that. So, you know, I, I was on TV and then not on TV and my, my core life didn't change. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so important because it's so easy to get caught up with all those people with, with people not necessarily bad people but just people with all the excitement of it mm. and then when it comes to an end then those people are long gone yeah. you know yeah. um, so I think maintaining you know authenticity and, and real people surrounding yourself by real friends real people mm. and investing in those people you know who were there before you became famous and will they be there yeah. after you became famous is really important yeah. Um, but yeah and also I think in a way having it hit me in my mid-30s was probably quite good. I'm glad it wasn't in my 20s. Because yes, yeah. you're a little bit more older, a little bit more sensible, a little bit more able to deal with it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's just not easy. Because mm. it was quite a controversial show, wasn't it? So it was because it was, for those that don't know, it was it was based around finding people that probably had lost a lot of self-confidence yep, and, and, and needed to get themselves back on, on track, really, in life and to feel good about themselves. Yeah. Um, and the programme did a, a poll on the streets, um, which I do remember cringing at, thinking I couldn't, I couldn't do I that, couldn't yeah, <laughs> of how old they thought they were. And then, then you, along with, with um, hairdressers and surgeons mm. and dentists, would, would completely kind of revamp these people. But it was a kind of hardcore plastic surgery. And it was, yeah. And it was at a time when, God, even Botox was doing yeah. right. So people, yeah. all of a sudden, it was a quite show. Out there. Well, that's hardcore plastic surgery and uh, fillers and Botox and people were horrified. They were yeah. just like, how, how, you know, they really were. I think that's what made it so successful though is because it, 
created so many, conjured up so many emotions in people about the whole age issue and what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. You know, I mean, how things have changed yeah. since I first did that show. Well, I was going now, to say, how do you, looking back now, have, has your opinions changed on ageing now that you have? Uh, I don't think my opinions have changed. I've, I've always been very open and I've always been of the school of thought that we should always make the most of what we've got. We've yeah. got, you know, and I don't, I've never been a big fan of being plasticized, mm. but I'm also very supportive of cosmetic treatments that enhance one in the right way. I mean, for me, mm. it's no different to exercising, you know, keeping up, you know, watching what you eat, exercising, looking after your hair, colouring your hair maybe, you mm. want to get a bit of Botox or a bit of fillers, you know, whatever's right for you. Mm. Um, I'm hugely supportive of it. And I think, obviously now, you know, everyone's having Botox and fillers, it's mm. much more acceptable. The hardcore plastic surgery, again, you know, the great thing about non-surgicals now is that people don't even need to really think about hardcore plastic surgery, yeah. facelifts. Um, but they still have their place, so they still, you know. But it's, you, you only need to think about them if you want to go down that road when you're much older. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, my view on aging is still, you know, you want to look the best for the age that you are. You don't necessarily want to look. I don't want to look like a twenty year old in mm. my in my forties, but mm. I do want to look great in my forties. Yeah. So I want to be a good role model, and you know, looking great in your forties, you can have as much plastic surgery or cosmetic intervention as you want. But if you don't look after the underlying health and nutrition and well being of yourself, mm. those treatment those procedures won't do you justice. Yeah. So you see a lot of people who smoke or don't exercise or don't eat healthily, mm. but they've had all the Botox and the fillers in the world but they still look haggard, yeah. you know, and so for yeah. me, it's that balance of you've got to practice what you preach, you've got to look off, take care of yourself, take care of yourself from a young age, mm. and then if you have tweaks here and there, then they will really enhance all that effort you've put in, yeah. rather than trying to like peel back those ears and yeah. you know, pull back the clock. Kind of Do you thing. think the media's changed in its approach to women kind of over 40 now? Do you think it's getting better at well, representing... Yes, but I think women over 40 are looking so much better these days. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think women over 40 yeah, are really... It's different, isn't it? Yeah. If you, look at, mm. if you look at the average woman over 40 now compared to the average woman over 40 in my parents' generation, it's yeah. a totally different ball game. You know, yeah. we are exercising, we're eating healthily, we, you know, we're looking after ourselves much more. There's not this sense of, oh, well, you know, just relax and let it go. Mm. Um, so I think women over 40, even over 50, are just looking so much better. Yeah and taking really control over their looks and how they feel about themselves. Um, and in terms of the media, yeah, because women are looking so much better, mm. they go, actually, yes, we want to celebrate that because mm. that's our market. You know, yeah. that's where our main spend is. That's our main customers. Mm. So we want to feature that more and celebrate that and show that more. So I think it's a combination of um, women embracing, um, taking control of aging rather than just sitting there mm. and waiting for aging to happen and just saying, oh, well, what can I do? There's nothing I can do. It's, you know, it's, it's what it is. Mm. Um, and then the media capitalizing on that energy and that positivity and, you know, using that as a, you know, positive message for the world. Mm. In terms of clothes, what would you recommend to women, maybe in the 40s and 50s, that have lost their confidence in fashion, that don't feel great about themselves? How, what tips could you give them to kind of get that fashion confidence back? Wearing a few trends, something that's a little bit fat on trend, always keeps you more current than just hauling out things you know from your wardrobe so being a little bit fashion forward definitely helps wearing clothes that give you shape you know avoid the big baggy sacks avoid covering up and hiding away um because immediately that ages you color makes a world of difference mm. you know it just really does and you just see 
even someone who's more curvy, but she's wearing lots of color and she instantly just looks more vibrant. Mm. And I think when that poll that we did on Tony's younger was interesting. And I think a lot of the reason people looked old is because they weren't standing in the, in the freezing cold street in the middle of winter <laughs> looking really miserable. And you know, that obviously they, yeah. people look older, right? Yeah. Um, whereas when people have got positive and energy and, and happiness and glowing, that gives a sense of youthfulness mm. and color is a great way to do that and when people lose their confidence they, they immediately tone down their wardrobe they think well I'm going to hide away in the neutrals mm. and the black and no one's going to notice me mm. and actually you need to be doing the complete opposite and yes people might will notice you but in, because you're looking good and because they go wow have you been on holiday you look amazing mm. um, so I always think fashion you, you know keep up with the trends within reason color inject some color into your wardrobe particularly around your face and shape is really important so you know the first thing is like go down the size in clothing you know because people tend to go oh well I don't want to try the smaller size in case it doesn't fit so I'll just stick with the bigger size and actually if you went down a size it would give you so much more shape and look better on you mm. um, and you know shape and colour just make you look younger mm. so NHJ does now train stylists doesn't it NHJ style yeah yes so what makes a good stylist what what, what? I think well, what makes a good stylist is a passion for fashion. You have mm. to really love and breathe fashion um, because you've got to keep up to date on what's going on in every retailer, brand, at all times. I think having, having the eye, you always say the stylist eye, there's some people who are just able to look at someone or look at something and tell you what they do, how they fix it, how they change it, how to make an outfit work, you know, mm. so... I'll ask a client to put on an outfit and she's like, I just don't know. Is this, do you like this outfit? What's happening? I go, oh, you know what? I can see exactly what's wrong with this outfit. The hem needs to come up. You need to add a belt. You need to tuck mm. it in. That, and they go, yeah, so now it looks okay. Yeah. You know, so I think having that eye and just being able to just assess something and know how to, you know, change it or fix it mm. um, makes a massive, massive difference. And, um, and then it's perseverance. You know, it's tough being a stylist. It's not the easiest of jobs. Mm. It's tough because you, you know, it's hard work. You know, yeah. you're trawling stores yeah. or shops. You, you know, you're working with clients and all their, you know, misconceptions of themselves and their insecurities. And you've constantly got to maintain that energy and be really positive and encouraging and supportive. Mm. And all of that takes takes a lot of energy. It's mm. not just a matter of coming and sitting down at your computer and tapping away. You know, you've got to really give it out 100% yeah. at all times yeah. to really get that client across, you know, to really embrace the change. Mm. Because otherwise they just slide back. They just don't ever cross the, cross the railway line. Um, and um, what else is important? Um, and yeah, and then a great personality because the clients or you know whoever you're working with really needs to like spending time with you yeah. because you're spending you know five six hours yeah. with someone Such a in personal a day. Thing, isn't so it? personal you're seeing that client in their underwear naked um and you need to be someone who just they feel completely and utterly comfortable with mm. um but also being professional so it's like a best friend but you're not a best friend kind mm. of thing um, and i think if you can maintain those qualities and bring them all to the table then that 
makes mm. fantastic stylists. You get people with good eyes but just no, unable to develop that rapport. Yeah. People who do great rapport but just can't really, you know, get have that eye or get an yeah. outfit together. Or, yeah. you know, so it's, it's a combination mm. of factors. And have you found people kind of in their 40s and 50s reinventing themselves and becoming stylists and doing the training courses? Yeah, in fact, most of the people that come on our course are in their 40s yeah. and 50s. And in fact, we've had a few in, our, in their 60s as well. That's really good. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say older woman because I would hate to think of myself as an older woman and yes, that's who I am. Likewise. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so a lot of women in their 40s and 50s, they've had their kids or they've changed careers or their life situations changed and they just thought, and some come on the course to reinvent themselves. Mm. So, and with the view of maybe doing it for others or maybe just for themselves. Um, but yeah, it's def- well, our course is definitely for the more mature lady yeah. who just wants to do something different, really invest in themselves. And So what career. tips would you give to a woman that's, that, that thinks they might be able to, to change careers and do something, but they're still scared and nervous of taking that step forward. What, could, what advice would you give to somebody? Just do it. Mm. You know, it, it, there's really nothing else to say because yeah. we spend so long procrastinating. Oh, oh, should I, shouldn't I? And actually, if someone said to you, if you don't do it this year, it's never going to happen, mm. then you'll just make it happen. You know, so we always think we have so much time. And you always assume that you're so young and you've got, you know, mm. you, you know, you can choose next year or the following year. And actually, there is no time like the present. And don't put it off. Just do it. Do it now. Because the minute you do it, your energy changes and then op- new opportunities come. Yeah. And, and why put that off, for, you know, year and year out? And, you, you know, we do have people who inquire and they go, we're definitely going to do it. Oh, but I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to do it next course, next course. Or, oh, well, I've just been made redundant. Or this has just happened and I'm going to do it next course. And, and you're just like, do you know what? Just do it. Yeah. Just go for it because yeah. if you don't just go for it, that's never going to happen, mm. and then that's your wasted know. life. You'll just never know. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, when you do it, you never look back. Everyone's yes. just like, God, oh, why did I wait that long? It was yeah. just the most amazing life transformation experience, you know? What do you love most about your job then? Uh, transforming others. Mm. I just love that. I love just that light bulb moment when someone actually sees themselves in a new light I'm mm. like oh my goodness you know I did a wardrobe for a client the other day and she was like yeah well you know I don't even know if I need the wardrobe anymore because you know, I've really cleared out quite a lot of stuff and it's all you know it's, it's really cut down mm. and like when I and she's like well you know and I've got quite a lot of color and this and that and I was like this is the edited version she's like yeah and then literally it was beige jumper central and mm. she didn't even see that right yeah. <laughs> it's only like no there's another one it's going it's going out of beige jumper she's like oh my god I had no idea I just lived with beige baggy jumpers you know it's <laughs> like how many does one need right <laughs> um so it's just and then once you see the client go, get that sense of recognition and actually see themselves for in reality as opposed to what they think they, they're doing it's amazing mm. how people just transpose a different look onto themselves even though, and they just don't look at themselves in the mirror actually this is reality yeah this is what I wear every day um and then helping them change that and then they just get it's almost like um you know a, a big rock rolling downhill and then the momentum just they get faster and faster and faster go, oh this is so exciting yes I want to do that I want to do that oh yes I get it and I want and they just you mm. can't stop them after that because yeah. they just it's just like they've opened into a whole new world and um, and I think when women, you know, they have their careers and they have their kids and they give up work and they just completely lose that sense of self. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And then showing them, just opening up their wardrobe, giving them a new style, it's yeah. like takes them back 20 years. Yeah. And they're, but they're a better version of what yeah. they were 20 years ago because they've got more curves, they, they know who they want to be, yeah. they're more confident. And actually, you know, that's why I think the 40, 50 year old woman is so 
it's such a powerful force. Yeah, I think so. Because they've got so much more to offer yeah. than the 20-year-old that was yeah. all confused and looking for the love of their life, yeah. right? Now, you know, you've got that experience behind you. You've had your children. You've yeah. got your body back. And it's like, great. It the is world a second, is my yeah. It is like a second chance, isn't it? It is. To, to do something. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's very exciting. So how ambitious are you for the future? Though? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I... I, I guess... Am I, I think my ambition is contentment. Hmm. I think, you know, when you ambition... When you strive, 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 it's never enough. And when is enough? And you never have that sense of peace. Mm. Um, and actually, I think it's not all about striving. It's about living and enjoying the moment. And so I've really worked hard on, on getting myself to focus on the here and now only. Yeah. So I try not forward think too much mm. or forward worry too much or forward plan too much because actually all of that is out of my control. Yeah. So I have you know, dreams of things, yes, that would be great, or that would be nice, but all I can do is control the here and now and make sure my energy and purpose on a day-to-day basis is positive and focused. Mm. And if I can achieve that, then it just gives me that inner sense of contentment and achievement, Mm. rather than, oh, well, I was this and now I'm not that, and am I ever going to do that again? And I just go, you just Mm. go down that negative spiral. So I just, because of those missions, just focus on peace, contentment, the here and now, and enjoy every moment. You'll be approaching 50 soon. Yes. How does that make you feel? Does it bother you? Is it just a number? Uh, it makes me... Well, I, feel, I think it's brilliant. I mean, mm. I think getting older is fabulous if, you, if you're proud of it. Yeah. Um, and it is an achievement. Yeah. You know, to, yeah. get, to get older is an achievement. And it's, and it's wonderful to, getting, to get older, especially if you've got your health mm. and well-being. Um, so I'm, so I'm all for it. So right. I, you know, my goal is to do a triathlon before I'm fifty. Oh wow! So I start my on my training session start in two weeks time. I've got my first triathlon sixth of May. Oh god! Um, so yeah, I just kind of go great, bring it on. I just yeah. want new goals, new challenges. I kind of feel like I've spent so much energy on my career and my kids, and and now I just want to set myself completely new goals and yeah. challenges and and do things that I've you know never thought I would ever achieve yeah. before. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of feel like the world's your oyster. You know, what can you achieve when you're 50? I'm like, well, I could be a nine woman. Um, and the good thing is, the older you get, the, the competitive categories get smaller. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. So I might be, I could do really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I do, because I'm the old one on the block, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel excited about it. Gosh, it's great. That's really exciting. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm impressed. Yeah. 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 yeah, good for you. Yeah, really nervous. So, last three questions that I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. What's... A piece of music or a song that really motivates you? God, that's a tricky one. Um, I guess I've always loved Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Mm. Um, I almost said Paw Patrol there. I mean, that just shows you how my life is. <laughs> <laughs> um, that always really gets me motivated and zingy. And, and Clocks by Coldplay. I always used to play that in my car when I needed to just really get that motivation and get that buzz. I always used to play um, Clocks by Coldplay mm. just to like really get me in that zone of like, yeah, yeah I can do this, I can yeah. do this, you know. Um, what about a book that really inspired you? Do you read a lot? I do read a lot and I've read so much I can barely think about what have I read lately that's inspired me. But you know what, from my childhood, the one book that's always inspired me, and this is really probably quite embarrassing is um a woman of substance by barbara taylor bradford yeah so the character in that i yeah. can't remember her name now um i always think back to her you know she it's just such a great story of 
of uprising and um, female success yeah, and strength, strength yeah. and confidence. I just, yeah, she really resonated. That book really resonated with me mm. from my youth and, and growing up. And obviously there's lots of, there's lots of amazing stories these days and inspiring things, but you, know, you read so much and they all blend yeah. into one, right? But yeah. that is always one that stands out. Mm. And who um, inspires you? Do you know what? People who um, achieve extraordinary things mm. really inspire me. Um, my, I've just got my son this book. It's called Boys Who Dare to Be Different. And it's like features maybe 300 people. It's a page on each. Some are well-known people, but most of them are just unknowns. And it's just the most amazing stories about just the resilience of human nature and the, the power within us to do good for others. And they're not celebrities and they're not famous people, but it's just people who've had a calling, whether it's a teacher who wanted to turn a school around or whether it's, um, there's a story about this amazing dad who has a cerebral palsy um, daughter and mm. he really actually loved being outside. And so he started doing triathlons with her and he still does. Oh, and he's done like, you know, and so just, just yeah. so whenever I read it, I cry because I think, yeah. wow, this is so, so amazing. And I just think those kind of stories really inspire me because it's always stories of hardship to, you know, whether it's an illness and they've come through it or just doing things for other people. And I just think, you know, I just really want to leave this world having done something extraordinary where I can inspire the people to yeah. do that. And obviously extraordinary can be as big or as small. It yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be like a big bang mm. thing. But I just think if you can leave this world having touched people or someone or something, then then that to me is achievement. Yeah. Never used to be, obviously. I did one world domination. Yeah, but of course. Obviously. I'm getting old. Dropping <laughs> around the edges. Well, thank you very much for talking to me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I could have talked to you for much longer. Um, so I'm sure you've inspired lots of women there to well, maybe challenge their thoughts on ageing and also how to present themselves to the world. If you would like to know more about Nikki's styling services or are thinking of changing careers as a stylist, it's never too late. And you can find out more at nhjstyle.com and you can also find them on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at nhjstyle. And I'll write all the details on the show notes as well. And I'll be back in a fortnight when I'll be joined by two ladies behind Cucumber Clothing, Nancy Zeffman and Eileen Willett. So I'm looking forward to hearing how two friends in their 50s became so motivated to start up a new company and what keeps them motivated. Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. You can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com or leave a message on the Anchor app. And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>